Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. I'm glad that you decide to come in and listen. If you are in any kind of danger, please do not listen to the podcast. Hang up, dial 911, get some assistance, get into a safe spot. Um, if you are being affected by domestic violence and you just need an advocate to talk to, please um, reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. They are at 1 800 799 7233. Again, that number is 1 800 799 7233. We like to give information out on the podcast. So if you are in any kind of danger, you need help getting to a shelter or somewhere that you are in a safe spot. We, you know, I love to be able to to give you information like that that's my goal at the at the beginning of each podcast um today i have a special guest with me her name is dr marnie i'm gonna call her that and she's gonna give you the rest of her name she is a survivor an author and a speaker and if she can give me permission to start recording her um story and you know our conversation will do so oh of course but welcome welcome marnie (laughs) Well, thank you, Misty. It's just an honor to be here on um, your podcast. I'm a survivor podcast. And and Misty, I've been following you and I, I really appreciate what you do for survivors or victims of domestic violence. You're bringing awareness and with that awareness, um, you're saving so many people from from this you know tragedy. Yes, it happens a lot. Well, thank you. I do my best, and um, I, I, I like to support survivors and uh, victims and, um, you know, advocates. I like to support them all because, you know, we are all in this kind of together, and it's, you know, it's a really bad thing to be in, but, you know, we've got to we got to keep it going, you know, because, you know, silence is violence. Definitely. I've never heard that before. Silence is violence. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Our voices do matter. Yes, they do. Um, but yeah, um, kind of just briefly, if you don't mind, go over, you know, what you've been through, you know, you know, what we talked about, you know, just kind of scale over some things and, you know, just let the listeners know, you know, who you are and, and what you stand for, you know, sort of and um, all that good stuff. Okay, sure. I'm happy to do that. Um, my name is Marnie Fodorero, and um, I am now an author um, and I and a speaker. Um, originally, for many, many years, I was a high school special ed teacher. I taught um, uh, English and other subjects, as well as um, I was an adjunct professor at um, Northern Illinois University for 12 years. And, I, you know, I was going along like many of us do um, without really thinking that I was in an abusive situation because it was so very subtle. I was married for 27 years before my light bulb went on that I realized that I was actually being methodically, very covertly abused um, in, in almost every way that you can imagine. And, but it was done so subtly that, you know, I, and I knew something was not right for many years, uh, but it wasn't until like a major light bulb moment that gave me just the inner strength to escape. 
And, and I say escape because you really can't leave abusers easily. You know, they are like predators and you are their prey and they they want control of you and they want control of your finances and they want control of you know uh who what where when whatever you do and um so anyway my light bulb went on and um and and i immediately escaped that situation even though i was married for 27 years i i realized that escaping and leaving would have consequences uh, I just didn't realize how bad the consequences would be for leaving. And it wasn't until I realized that my domestic violence included parental alienation, you know, where um, even an adult child could be persuaded to cut off all relations with one of their parents, you know, and this can happen to men and to women. It's not necessarily a gender-specific thing, although it, it it appears that, you know, women are the ones that feel, eventually feel some kind of safety and comfort in sharing their story or getting help. Um, I do know of men that have been abused domestically as well, um, emotionally, physically, financially, um, but oftentimes I have found that the men, you know, just kind of don't have the support systems out there and they, they kind of, you know, have to deal with a lot of that on their own. But when I realized parental alienation was part of my domestic violence, you know, my, the trauma of it all actually really set in, you know, it's traumatic enough to lose all your safety and security, you know, where you're basically trying to just take care of your basic safety needs, you know, of food, shelter, transportation, job, that type of thing. You know, when you realize you're in this kind of situation, it's very shocking. And, and uh, it, you know, it, and I can lose, and I did lose, pretty much everything you know the house that I was told was paid off that we had been living in raising our family that was in foreclosure um when I went to the bank accounts just to get some money to maybe you know uh take care of my kids or um possibly you know get a get a lawyer you know put put down you know uh, a payment for a lawyer i found that my money was depleted um i soon found out that the majority of my friends and neighbors were not there to support me that obviously the abuser had been working on them for years and years and years with slowly gaslighting and smearing and so even though I felt I had close friendships and and people in the neighborhood that I could call, um, that wasn't the case. So I was kind of left alone. Um, you know, I, some people actually lose their family members too. you know, their relationships with their parents or their siblings um, because the narcissist or the abuser, uh, the the domestic violence perpetrator 
predator, um, they will have already gotten to these people, you know, uh, over a long period of time. So what happens, what happened for me, and I think it's happened for a lot of other people, especially like if you have people tuning in to your radio show regarding, you know, this topic is that you know when you realize you're a victim of domestic violence whether it's physical sexual financial emotional you know all of that you seek out and try to educate yourself on the signs you know and then you realize whoa i missed all those red flags that i should have really paid attention to all those years um but you seek out education you seek out um literature you seek out youtube videos or podcasts like yours Mm -hmm. to just hear other people's stories because it's validating for you it gives you support even though you might not have met these people in person you know there is a certain kind of um i would say bond that people have that have gone through this there's kind of like an understanding um and an empathy for you know people that have gone through traumatic experiences in a in an intimate partner terrorist attack almost and so you know seeking out seeking out resources and help has actually connected me with some amazing and wonderful souls uh, many men and women that are survivors and um are are able to to share how they were able to get back on their feet and reclaim their life and because of my experiences um i ended up writing a lot mm-hmm. and i i you know never thought that i would be an author but as it turns out that is pretty much my calling right now um so you know that's kind of my back story that yeah. you know i i was living this american dream i just yeah. felt like you know i was going along and life was great you know yeah. i loved my career as a as a teacher and i loved being a mom that was the biggest joy in my life and um you know i was just busy with you know all sorts of things whether it was church volunteering yeah. you know pursuing hobbies, you know, that type of thing. I was just going along like so many of us do. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, a defining moment just changed my life forever. Yeah. And um luckily I had the strength um and I had I had something, some sort of inner strength to be able to realize what I was dealing with. um and, and escape and, yeah. and and get away but like i told you before you know um abusers don't let their their victims go very easily they continue to stalk you and harass you um my ex husband it's been i don't know how many years since i think i filed for divorce in 2013 and he's still taking me back to court <laughs> on uh, and we didn't even have minor children so yeah. they are obsessed with destroying you it doesn't matter if they've moved on yeah. um i think 
my children's stepmother is going to be their next door neighbor that they grew up with, you know, all these years. Um, you know, I mean, which I don't really care about, but the, but the thing is, you you would hope that at some point they'd let you go and move on with their life so wow. that they can continue, you know, with other people. Right, but, right. but but they don't. They they really have a hard time letting go of you because right. you know uh, you you experience that too. Do you? Well, is that a pretty common thing? You know, it, it really is. Although ours is two kind of different stories in a way. Mine, mine was based on, okay, this was a young girl that had this older, you know, he was 24, I was 18, and I had his baby and married him. Well, now, here we are, you know, 20 some odd years later, okay? You would think that he would be in a better mind space and maybe he would not be abusive. And he spent a 10-year stint, not for abusing me, however, but for, um, you know, robbery or whatever else. He broke the law, was put in prison for 10 years. He got out immediately, and he bragged about this. He found a young female that is like two years older than um, the child that I had with him. She is in her late, yeah, she is in her late 20s. Um, He's already um, got her from, let's see. Oh, yeah, he said, I got her fresh from a domestic violence shelter. Right after he got out of prison. Okay. And now this young girl is mentally disabled, gets a disability check for mental disability. She um, has had a newborn by him and has a one-year-old son by him. Yeah. They have two children now involved and his mother, same old stick, um, same old, you know, roller coaster, you know, oh, my son does blah, blah, blah. He's abusive, but nothing is done. Same old thing, different ball game, different years, different person. And actually, something that you said very telling that that your abuser was bragging about finding this girl at a domestic Mm -hmm, shelter. mm -hmm. And I think that some of these predators Mm -hmm. actually really stalk out people that have had trauma in their life. Yes. And when I met my ex-husband, I had just um, come from a a relationship that ended very abruptly where Mm -hmm. I was kind of traumatized. Um, I was engaged to be married and, um, and it was living with this person who I met from college and we were one week away from getting married. And uh, he called it off and informed me that he was seeing a friend of mine, you know, or someone that I had introduced him to that I knew. And it was just so devastating because it was a week away from getting married. But I just accepted it and, you know, uh, actually in many ways was very thankful um, that he had the strength to actually tell me um, about this and not go along with the wedding. Uh, Because he very easily could have just, you know, he had so much pressure from his own family and everything. He could have gone along with it. Mm -hmm. But, but anyway, um, you know, I was fresh off of that situation and I was picking up the pieces of my life and Mm -hmm. forging ahead. But I believe that my now ex-husband was 
seeking out prey and and they do seek out someone that has gone through trauma or you know has some sort of family issue or is damaged by some relationship it kind of gives them gives them an in and and unfortunately when we're going through that and someone else comes into our life that seems to give us attention and Mm -hmm. care about us and Mm -hmm. all of that um you know we're we're fooled because we are we are in that trauma situation and it's kind of like um you know we think we've met our knight in shining armor and and really we we've met the devil in disguise exactly um i actually got a message on facebook um a lot of my advocate friends were shocked they were like why haven't you blocked him well, at the time, my daughter was still exploring a relationship with him, which she she also seeked this out when she was 18, and that was when he was released from prison and got the new girlfriend and this and that, and oh, he had changed, and he hadn't started abusing her yet. So my daughter took um, the chance on, hey, okay, maybe he's changed. Maybe we can have a relationship. And, and even me and my husband went around this monster. After everything he has done to me, um, right. I was able to actually forgive him for what he's done. But that being said, a few years down the road after my daughter had figured out, okay, this just isn't the man that I want to be in my life. Well, then he started trying to come back around after the first baby was born and, um, you know, sending messages to my child. And then, so he sent a message to me, a very ugly one on Facebook and said, I'm the alpha male. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Putting my husband down for being a very large guy and me, me as well because, you know, I'm not a very small lady either. And uh, so I thought I'd sent back a message. I said, is that all you got after all these yeah, years? Right. Picking fun up someone's weight, really? That's that's kind of elementary. You know what, Misty, I have to commend <laughs> you because you, as a, as a mother, didn't interfere with your daughter trying to connect with her dad and i am also of the belief that children need both parents in their lives but at the same time and and i believe that my ex-husband is is narcissistically abusing our our two children um i know that they are especially because of the parental alienation not Mm -hmm. seeing my daughter for seven years um you know, especially when we had like a, our relationship was just fine for all wow. those years. But, yes. you know, and, and and these kids, you know, well, she's she's in her late 20s now. But these kids suffer from what's called independent thinker phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so these children that are alienated slowly become to to realize they believe that it's all their idea that Mm -hmm. this parent that they are cutting out of their life, whether it's their mom or dad had to have done something really wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though they can't totally put a finger on it Mm -hmm. on what the issue is, but they've been brainwashed almost like a cult um, by the abusing, you know, ex to, to believe, you know, it's like their memories have been, um erased or changed and and rewritten you know like history is rewritten so these children you know might come out and say no no there's no parental alienation here even though you know 
they they meet all the criteria that the researchers say about parental alienation, mm-hmm. even to where they cut off the entire side of that family, mm-hmm. even though they might have had great relationships with their aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins and stuff. They they just cut off everything, all communication. But they believe with this independent thinker phenomenon that they are the ones making this decision. And that, you know, so they have a lot of um, fear. They have a lot of fear for this other parent where there really shouldn't be any fear. But they also are empowered and almost rewarded for putting down that other parent so on the flip side though i commend you misty that you um you you supported your child well i'll be when your your child wanted to seek out Mm -hmm. hey i want to see if my Mm -hmm. dad has changed or Mm -hmm. if we can have a relationship and and then they find on their own they they can't. Right, right. Well, with her, I knew that he would sabotage. I know who he is. I knew sure. who he was. And I knew that um, she would figure it out very quickly. And and she did just that because the first time, the first go around, he actually harassed me in a way. Like even told her, you know, your mother is an effing liar. I never was abusive. I never was a monster. She said, look, there was so many people that seen what you've done. Please don't call my mother a liar. You need to confess up and you need to tell me right now you're sorry. And you need to tell me what happened. You need to come out and say you, you did what you did. Well, then right. he said, okay, I did do it. Okay. So, you know, he did confess to her that it, that it happened. Well, when the first baby was born, of course, Jada was just bananas. You know, this is my little brother. Oh, I want to have a relationship. Da, 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 da. But then when she quickly saw that he was going to hold this child over her head and it was going to be one of them type situations, she stepped a step back and was like, no, you're not going to do that. I can well, already tell. Her. Yeah, and I can. What a strong young woman. She, she really is. is. To be able yes. To stand up um, and discern for herself. Right, right, right. No, this isn't. This is toxic. This is right. not healthy. Well, and it's, then it's, I mean, he tried to victimize her as well. He sent her a picture of him shooting her bird and saying, "Go ahead and be a victim like your mother." And when he yeah. did that, she exploded. Let me. She was like, "Let me tell you something. My mom is a survivor, buddy, of you, not a victim." <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And that's and that's you know. And there are many victims that aren't survivors. Right. There are many of us out there that don't have the strength within us mm-hmm. to be able to stand up and take care of ourselves or or get ourselves out of situations. Yeah. So we are survivors, which is a very, you know. Um, important distinction between victim and survivor. I just like what I was saying. I believe that kids need both parents in their lives. Um, I know that my children has, you know, both of them have their father in their life. I just think it's important for them to know what they are dealing with Mm -hmm. and to have their eyes open. But, you know, that a lot of that just comes it will have to just come naturally on their own, their own awareness. And, and if there's not, a, I mean, I try to be hopeful, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm a realist and, you know, it took me what, 27 years of marriage for my light bulb to go on. Mm-hmm. It's going to take our children 
much more time before their light bulb goes on. And unfortunately, you know, our time on earth is limited. And, you know, I have to come to the realization that, you know, unfortunately, my daughter may never be in my life. And, you know, I'd like her to be and I'm trying to, uh, I'm, you know, wasn't allowed to contact her for a two year period um, when she was wrongly uh, awarded a, a order of protection because I was wanting to go to her college graduation, which I paid for. You know, um, I wanted to send her Christmas cards or birthday cards or reach out like on everyday things like that, like any mom or parent would do, wow. you know, when they slowly realize that their child is being alienated, you know, wow. I, I, people just say, oh, don't worry, they'll, they'll come back to you or they'll get over it. But, you know, um, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And in my case, it's almost too many years to count. Wow. So I have to take care of myself and, yes. and, and, live my life with honor and dignity and honesty, staying true to my values of goodness and love and compassion, because I don't want an abuser to change the core of who I am. Exactly. You know, and so I am very fortunate that I was close to retirement and I, um, became very um, close with a good friend that ended up being my life partner. And he and I live in the Caribbean now and we are enjoying a beautiful life here. And um, so every day I'm reminded of God's goodness and the beauty of nature and the wonder of, of just new experiences. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, I don't have this child in my life and I hope that, you know, at some point their light bulb goes on, but it's their journey at this point. They've wow. got to, you know, unfortunately, research has also shown that that kids, you know, especially adult children that have been alienated and if they don't, you know, understand that and come to terms and reconcile that they are going to repeat the same kind of intergenerational patterns. Yes. And they can choose friends. I already know, you know, some of my daughter's friends were very negative influences on her. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, but that was many, many years ago. I don't, you know, really know who she surrounds herself with now. but you know they they have to kind of come to terms with that so anyway i'm i'm speaking out never to slander anyone never to say you know terrible things i mean believe me there were there were honestly things that could get my ex-husband locked up and get him removed from his very top position um if, if it came out, but mm-hmm. you know, and some things did come out in a in a deposition during the divorce, but he quickly made sure that that would be sealed, and the truth of some of his wrongdoings would not be exposed because it would have been detrimental to his, you know, career. And uh, you know, actually, if our kids knew some of the things that came out, you know, 
they may not want a relationship with him. So anyway, it was hidden. And these abusers go to great lengths to, you know, hide the truth or distort the truth with half yes. lies or even outright lies. Right. And, you know, gaslighting is a big part of it. And narcissists narcissistic people. They are uh, abusers are essentially narcissistic. And, Definitely. you know, they um they like to gaslight their victims, uh, just like this new case that just came out in the, you know, and, in, in, um, well, they were from Florida. But, of course, he took her away from her family. You know, right, right. That, that, isolation is uh-huh. a huge part of it. Right. Like, unfortunately, our son doesn't even have a relationship with his sister. Mm. You know, he can't even remember when was the last year he saw her. Right. So the abusers not only isolate the victims, right. uh, the exes from their support system, mm-hmm. they they like to isolate their own children well, sure. from each other. Yeah. So that, so That's that a part of the abuse. Together and, yeah, they can't get together and compare notes and right. say, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, something's not right here. Right. So it's very sad. I mean, it um, is. It's it's a very sad situation. And, and at some point, you hope the light bulb goes on so that you can, you right. know, as a parent, you want to protect your child from, right. from, any tough situation you, right. but you know you don't want them to learn the hard lessons the hard way but well marnie i hate to interrupt you uh we're no. like we're like a minute away from being shut down on our podcast uh, so i oh, want to hey. i want to ask you one thing uh to talk to victims but i want you to first tell us about your books that's coming out give us where we need to find you because there might be someone says hey look i want to contact marnie i want to know what she's doing so go ahead and shoot that out the door we may not get well, your last sure. yeah go ahead we got okay well i'm an author of a number of books um five of them are anthology books where i have a chapter i've contributed to Mm -hmm. um but the the first book that i wrote was a spiritual fiction called Mm -hmm. god came to my garage sale Mm -hmm. and to, to find out more about me and the events and things that i'm involved in you could go to my website which is just the name of that first book www dot god came to my garage sale Mm -hmm. and so Hey guys, um, sorry we got cut off. Marnie got cut off. She wants to finish telling you about her books and what's been released. So I'm going to go ahead and let you finish. Okay, well just real quickly, I've written a book that's part of a four book series called True Deceit, False Love. And this particular first book is 15,555 terms and phrases on domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, and parental alienation. You can find that at my website, www.GodCameToMyGarageSale.com, or look up my name, Marnie Faderero, and it will lead you to my website. And under happenings or books, you can look at this book that is just released and it will be available to the public next week oh and so just reading these terms and phrases there are thousands of them um will help you in your healing journey and then the next book or two will be about poetry having to do and that's that's been very therapeutic for me dealing with domestic violence 
Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marnie. Um, sure. My last question for you, and this is something I usually ask right before I let uh, you know my guests talk about what they're doing, but we didn't get that chance. But I want to ask you this question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if there's a victim out here that's caught up in domestic violence and they feel like there's no way out and like they're all alone, what what would be the one thing that you that you would give advice to them what what's that one thing you would say to that person if you had the chance to well i would say that your safety whether it's physical or emotional is of paramount value to you so you need to get yourself into a safe place and then i find reading and researching and talking to others or listening to podcasts like yours can be very validating and confirming just to give that, even if it's virtual, support. Uh, Because lots of times victims are too afraid to talk to anyone. And you realize that the people you thought you could trust aren't necessarily those that you should trust. And so I would say, you know, of course, if it's an emergency situation, contact the hotlines that you provided at the beginning of your show. But, you know, really, search within yourself and realize you know some of the red flags that you've experienced and what you've gone through and and value yourself you you are you are a beautiful human being that deserves to be loved and treated with respect so you need to value yourself and and get yourself some help thank you marnie that was beautiful. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. And I thank you for coming on as a guest. And um, I know that, that all of the listeners are going to enjoy your podcast and uh, your wisdom. And they're going to they're gonna look your books up and they're going to come on your website. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining the podcast and listening to I'm a Survivor podcast. You just don't realize how much it means to me and to the guests that come on here and um, pour their hearts out, essentially. Um, it's a big deal for people to talk about what happened to them, their stories and what they're doing in their lives because this is all about human experiences and um compassion and uh, empathy is an important part of my life and i hope it's important important part of yours so be kind to someone today and uh god bless you love you and i uh, talk to you on the next podcast bye guys